Today we begin a brand new series of messages uh, that will be good for us, been good for me, and uh, titled Hashtag Filter. And for those who aren't familiar what a hashtag is, uh, I want to just speak to that. We live in a world that there's a lot of social media. There's sites that we communicate with, and maybe you're not there, and it's perfectly fine today that you're not. Uh, you can function in this world without it. The majority of our world... Um, thank you. The majority of our world um, does live there, and we want to speak to that today. A hashtag, it looks like a pound sign, and you put a word attached to that, and then you can go to social media sites, uh, Facebook, Twitter. You can type in hashtag in the word, for instance, Grace Community Church. And every time that happens, uh, there's a post that appears. Uh, You can find someone that's posted that. That's often during our series that we will put hashtag, we'll have you could search hashtag filter series and everything that was written on Twitter or even on Instagram or Facebook, you can find that. So as you post today, there might be something that comes to mind, you can see that. We recognize that we are in a world that communicates that way. And God has given us guidelines. I believe that the Word of God has principles how to use social media. I think it's important that we address those. My hope today is this, as it has been for me as I've been walking through this journey, is to live in the world and to represent Christ well and to make him known. And one of the ways we can make him known is by the way we communicate with each other. And so we live in a world that communicates through messages, through videos, through photos, through all kinds of forms. Some use different forms. Some use Snapchat. Some use Instagram. Some use Facebook, some use Twitter, some use all of those. There's other forms to do that too, and Tumblr included. But my hope today is this, is that somehow you will walk away and I'll walk away with tools to help us better communicate in the world that we live in. Every once in a while, someone does something that um, is very funny and humorous in regards to social media. Here's a way not to do social media. Take a look at this. Are you a Christian girl that loves taking photos of her devotions? Do you spend hours framing the perfect picture without the payoff of people noticing how spiritual you are on the internet? Introducing Christian Girl Instagram, 101 tips and tricks to get more likes on your devotional photos. Hi, I'm John Christ with Christian Girl Instagram. Do you struggle to get likes on those devotional Instagram photos? Hashtag the struggle is real. From the best-selling author of Shameless Workout Selfies, comes Christian Girl Instagram. I would always get totes stressed out trying to decide which Bible verse to show. (laughs) Not anymore. Okay, you're always going to want to stay away from common verses like Jeremiah 29.11 or John 3.16. No matter what verse you choose, you always want to make sure you highlight multiple verses with multiple colors. Because after all, what's the point of having devotions if no one knows about it? I used to spend five minutes reading the Bible, and then like 30 minutes trying to figure out a hashtag. Then I found Christian Girl Instagram. My book includes over a thousand hashtag suggestions like Coffee with Colossians, Bliss, Serenity, Much Needed, and of course, hashtag blessed. Buy Christian Girl Instagram today and we'll include our 31-piece package of options to put in the background of your photo. Things like a candle, a precious moments doll, a subscription to Relevant Magazine, kale chips, and of course, a coffee cup with a Bible verse on it. Thanks to inspiration from Christian Girl Instagram, I took down my Marilyn Monroe poster and replace it with footprints in the sand. So clear off what's really on your desk and replace it with new products from Christian Girl Instagram. Christian Girl Instagram now includes bonus tips like if you're going to include your hand in the photo, always wear a purity ring. And if you're going to include additional reading material in the background of your photo, always avoid extremes. We don't want people to think you're too prosperity driven by maybe having some Joel Osteen yet. We don't want people to worry about your theology by having some Rob Bell or Mark Driscoll, okay? You want to stay right in the middle. Maybe some Joyce Meyer, some Beth Moore would be perfect. And remember, anything leather-bound is really going to pop with that Valencia Instagram filter. Christian Girl Instagram is great. My devotions are now constantly being interrupted by people liking my post. Buy now and I'll also include my additional book, Announcing Your Social Media Fast. Tips and tricks for effectively telling people you're fasting while ignoring all of Jesus' teachings about telling people you're fasting. 
Christian Girl Instagram can be yours today. This book and so much more available to you all for the cost of less than a pair of yoga pants. I don't always do devotions, but when I do, I Instagram it. We're so confident in our product that if you're not totally satisfied with Christian Girl Instagram, we'll send you this free autographed Tim Tebow poster. I'm telling you, that's funny. If you don't think that's funny, then I need to pray for you, okay? <laughs> Even down to the Tim Tebow photo. That's awesome. What girl doesn't want a Tim Tebow photo? Huh? Uh, I got to transition. Yeah. I'm going to give you some practical wise tips, and hopefully these are helpful for you today in today's message and how to communicate. How... That's funny. Uh, how to have relationships uh, in the world that we live in. If you need a Bible today, put your hand up. Our ushers will put one in your hand. But let me begin by throwing principle number one out there. These are some wise practices that I really encourage you to take notes. Like, um, and uh, you're, maybe you're, you're, you'll be distracted by your phone today because you want to check Instagram. I don't know. Um, let me just say a little bit in regards to that. One of the things I encourage you to do in your quiet time I really encourage you not to do it on your phone um, because you can become so distracted reading your Bible, you version, by the sounds and wanting to catch up with what's happening that we, you could actually be, it might be more beneficial to you even to carry a hard copy Bible when you do your quiet time. That way you're not distracted by a phone that's blinging or buzzing and you're wondering what it is. So I encourage you maybe even your quiet time to pull out a hard copy um, they still sell these, by the way. Uh, you can actually purchase these. Um, um, but I really encourage you to consider that. The first principle that I'm about to give you, wise practice for social media, is probably the one that covers all of them. And this one should be before all of them. And if we do this one, quite frankly, this one will help us to do things that God would want us to do. So I encourage you, be a note taker. Don't depend on your wife. Don't depend on your husband today. This is a chance for you. Don't depend on your mom or dad because they're going to talk to you later. Say, hey, I took notes. Here they are. Um, the first one is this. Think and pray before you post. Can I get an amen for that? Think and pray before you post. Uh, how many of you even practice that? I can, even in our interpersonal relationships, one of the things I often do as I'm in conversation with someone, I know I'm having a conversation, I'll pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me to respond with the words that you want me to respond. Help me to use my time wisely. Help me to represent you well. I'll pray before I talk. And I'll even ask the Holy Spirit to give me words to say. But when it comes to social media, I believe before you ever hit send or post, you should have prayed about what you're sending or posting. You should screen every thought, filter every thought, filter every chat, every text, every photo, every tweet through the lens of the Bible and the Holy Spirit. That way, you've at least walked through and you've asked God, is this appropriate to write, to post? Is this appropriate to repost? Is this what you want me to say? And in doing so, you will save yourself a lot of misery down the road that I'm going to show you here in a second. The book of Proverbs has so many good principles, wisdom principles, of even in regards to this. Open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 21. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 23. I encourage you to turn there. Proverbs 21 and verse 23. Look what Solomon has to say in regards to what I just gave you. Think and pray before you post. 23 says, Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from what? What is, what's it say? Calamity. Those who, look what it says again. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. When we think about what we're going to say, when we filter what we're going to post, what we ask God to do, it keeps us from calamity. Look at Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 28. Solomon also has some more things to say about our words. 17 and verse 28 says this. Even fools are thought wise if they keep what? Silent. And discerning if they hold their what? Look again, verse 28. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent. And discerning if they hold their tongues. 
There's wisdom in. You don't have to respond to everything. You don't have to say the first thing that comes to mind. You don't have to give your opinion. You should pray about it and ask God whether or not you should post and hit sin. Look at Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 2. It says, fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own, what? Opinions. You don't necessarily have to post or send your opinion and let the world know what your opinion is. So just look at some of those principles. That those that guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongue. Fools have no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Filter, pray, ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to direct the words from your mouth. I have a, a, a principle that I operate by. Three things before I write something, before I post something, before I send something. I ask myself these three questions. And if they're helpful for, to you, they could help you too. The first one is this. Is it true what I'm about to post? Is it true what I'm about to say? Is it true what I'm about to requote? Is it true what I'm about to share? Is it true what I'm about to retweet? Is it true what I'm about to text? Is it true what I'm about to email? Is it true? Have I checked the sources? Have I looked at both sides? Is it true? The second one is this. Is it kind? The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Is what I'm about to say Ask yourself, is it kind? It's kindness. It's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. And the last thing I ask is this, is it necessary? Like how often would you not write something, send something, post something, retweet something, requote something? If you could answer that question, the last one really sets the stage. Is it really necessary that I tell people what I think? Is it really necessary that I tell people that this is what I saw? Is it necessary that the world knows this? So is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? And by the way, there's so many things that fall under these categories. Social media is not the place to bash your husband. It's not the place to bash your wife. It's not the place to tell the world how horrible your kids are. It's not the place to bash Walmart. It's not the place to dress to bash drivers. It's not the place to bash, to bash a business that didn't serve you well. It's not the place to bash McDonald's, and it's not the place to bash a church or Goshen Roads, okay? It's not the place. It just isn't. But how often do, you do, do we do that? And we throw that out there and just say, you know what? I'm just going to share my opinion on this. Listen, run it through the grid of the Holy Spirit before you do so. Will this add to or benefit the kingdom of God by putting this out there? Seriously, you should have a mission statement for your social media. You should know before you develop or open up or use it, you should have a mission statement. The purpose of this text, the purpose of this tweet, the purpose of this Instagram photo, the purpose of this Facebook post, the purpose of of this is for this. It should benefit the kingdom of God. That's why we're here. We are here to represent Jesus Christ. And so while social media can be used for all varieties of reasons, the primary reason it should develop, be used, is to represent Jesus Christ and point people to him. It's an incredible tool that we have at our fingertips. You should have a mission statement for your social media. I love what Paul said to young Timothy, who was aspiring to be a preacher. He said this to young Timothy. Wise words that apply today in 1 Timothy 4.12. Set an example, Timothy, in speech and conversation. Let me ask you a question. Does your internet, social media posts set an example in purity? Does it set an example in godliness? Do your conversations resemble and have the aroma of Jesus Christ? Every time we post or requote or retweet or Snapchat or whatever it is, we have a chance to represent and set an example of what we know and who we follow and who we believe in. A second principle would, would be this. Remember 
that they aren't necessarily real friends. All those followers, they're not necessarily your real friend. That's a good one to know. Just because you have people that follow you or like you or comment on your page, they're not real friends. They might be followers. They might be people who chose to follow you. Robin Dunbar, a professor of psychology at Oxford University, conducted a research into Facebook and other social media forms and friendships and correlated them with real-life friendships. Of the 150 Facebook friends the average user has, Dunbar found that only 15 could be counted as actual friends and only five as close friends. Now, let me just pull away and talk about the world that we live in. The average person over the age of 30 has what psychologists and sociologists show and tell us has two really good friends. Now, let me tell you how that's influenced. Women have six friends. And you throw men into that, it brings the number way down. Because men, after the age of 30, have less than one real friend that is their friend. And so we live in a world where now we think, I have all these friends, and all of a sudden we believe they believe in us, I believe in them. And the reality is they're not necessarily real friends. Rather than increasing people's social circles through social media, Dunbar suggests Facebook and other social media may function to prevent friendships. Think about for a second how that could be very, very true. Instead of adding, they can prevent. Friendships in particular have a natural decay rate in the absence of contact, physical contact. And so the reality is, is you want to build a relationship. Sure, you can make a contact with someone, but there's nothing that replaces face-to-face, person-to-person, touch, and in the same room with that person. If someone posts a picture about you, you have the power, or you have the power to, to like that, and they have the power to post that. We now, for the first time in human society, we have the ability to to power our friendships on our own terms. Let me explain what I mean. You and I can choose whether or not we follow someone. We can choose whether or not we like someone. We can choose whether or not we respond to an email. We can choose whether or not when we respond to a text. We can choose whether or not we will let acknowledge them or ignore them. We can block friends. We can include friends. We now have a, a, an opportunity to say, you know what? You're going to be my friend tonight at 11 o'clock when I finally put the kids down and I went through all my routines today. You'll become my friend at 11 o'clock tonight. Friendships now, we have the power and control over our friendships. We can block, we can unfollow, we can ignore, and we can choose to read it or respond or not respond to it. We are in control. One person can be in control of friendships in our world today. You have a chance and I have a chance. Now, Facebook Messenger has thrown a little twist into that, haven't they? Like, don't you like that you can read an email and people don't know whether or not you read it? You can choose to ignore or respond to it right away. Facebook Messenger has thrown a a, a twist in that because as soon as you open up Facebook Messenger, what happens? Your little cute face appears that you read it. And so what do we do? We, We hope that we can get enough information from that first six words in it. That way we know whether or not I will open it or whether I won't open it. We want to control our friendships because we know if they know that we saw it, then we are responsible in some way to respond to it. We would much rather be in control of our friendships. Friendships are shifting in our world. Yet nothing replaces with you and the one another's by being with it. Now, pull away and say this. Praise God for social media. I've been able to connect with with my family, being states away, I've been able to follow people on missions trips. I've been able to Skype and have conversations with loved ones. My father, before he passed, one of the things he wanted to do is stay connected to his family. He bought an iPad, didn't even know how to use an iPad. His only friends were his kids, and he would follow, and you would know that when my dad saw a picture, he knew how to hit like. My dad's iPad consisted of like, 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 like. It allowed him to connect to the world. And I'm going to show you, you don't throw it all out. There are some incredible benefits as a result of having social media. A third principle I would give you is this. 
Don't post more highly of yourself than you ought to. Paul says in Philippians, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Let me say it this way. The reason we want to do so is because when we are open up our social media accounts, whether it's Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the photos and see photos of our friends and we begin to compare ourselves to them, we find ourselves in a no-win situation. Now, let me just give you a, a truthful statement that might help you. You might look at someone's life, their car, their marriage, their kids. You might look at their vacations. You might look at their possessions. You might even look at their lawn. And you might say, man, mine doesn't compare to that. And you might, if you're not careful, become insecure because you are comparing yourself to someone else's marriage or someone else's car or vacation or job or business or activity or the neatness. And, 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 and you might... Sp- Spend all of your time classifying yourself or comparing when the word of God says don't classify, don't compare. You see, your identity isn't in someone else. It's in Jesus Christ alone. You don't need to be like someone else. You don't need to have what they have. And let me, let me get clue you in on a little reality. When you begin to look at, you think, your Monday life, your messed up life, you get to see everyone else's highlight reel. There's more to their story. They've filtered it. They, they've adjusted it. They look tanner. They, they, they've edited it. They, they, they've only shown you the highlights of their life. And so that's not their real life. And you might think, wow, they, 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 don't, they, never, they never have disagreements. They, they, they never have problems. They never have trials. The reality is, oh, yes, they do. So when you begin to believe that everything that people post is reality, then you're thinking much too much highly of them too. Ask yourself this question when it comes to posting and tweeting and putting the Instagram photo up. Are you seeking a like, a retweet, a reply when you post? Seriously, why do you post? Do you find yourself running to your phone like, oh, how many people like that? 74 people like that one. Woohoo! Only 12 people like that. How many of you have even deleted a photo or a post because it didn't get as many likes that you wanted? It's like sociologists tell us that there's this flushing of hormones that runs through our systems when we get a like to something that we have posted. We've become addicted to, sociologists say, to immediate likes. We, we take a selfie and you might like this selfie, and, and you, you try to take it. My finger's always getting away. I have to get Isaiah or Hannah to do these, but trying to take stuff. So maybe, I don't know, maybe you're like this, or maybe you want to have a gun show. I don't know, but, and you can't wait. Like, I can get it up there. And, I mean, have you ever watched, like, why do people do that? You wonder. Are they wanting the firm affirmation of a like? Are they wanting a, a rush or a flush of hormones? to show that they're accepted or that they're good? How many likes will it take for you to feel affirmed by God? Hear me out today. Many are looking for likes, but longing for love. God loves you already. And whether or not you get 100 likes or seven, four shares, it doesn't matter. Christ already loves you like you are. You don't need to post another selfie that has your favorite filter on it with 400 likes to be accepted or to be secure. Christ is your security already. Another principle I would say is this. Withhold the right to be right. Boy, if we could get this one down. Like how many of you are ticked when you see someone put something? I'm going to tell them and show them and I'll see after I'm done. You know those people, don't you? We call them trolls. They don't post hardly anything at all on their own because they dare not put out there what they believe because then that opens themselves up to doing the very same thing they do to you. They criticize you. They tell you all the things that you've done wrong. They'll they'll attach blogs and tag you in it. They'll retweet things that, that are opposed to you. They'll, they'll crit, be critical of everything that you have to say. 
They'll look for reasons to tell you everything wrong about what you posted. They are quick to judge and criticize and tell you why they are right and what is wrong with the world. They just want to pick a fight. I hope you're not that person, by the way. Some of these people might even have an agenda with you. They also post a link or a blog, and they do it in a passive-aggressive way. And you know that it's for you. And they'll tweet things indirectly about you. You can withhold the right to be right. And it comes in all forms. Sometimes it comes in the form of sarcasm. By the way, hear me again. Sarcasm is sin. It's sin. Sarcasm is a slow form of unrighteous anger. And so it comes in a sarcastic way. Or it might come in a humorous way and followed up with, ah, I was only kidding, hashtag kidding. No, you weren't. You knew exactly why you wanted to put that there. You wanted to air that out so that other people could jump on and agree with that in some form or fashion. It comes in gossip and the need to tell someone else everything they don't like about you. Solomon had something to say about this too. Look at Proverbs chapter 26. Proverbs chapter 26. Look what he had to say here in Proverbs chapter 26. Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 18 through 21 says this. Like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death. Now just picture that. Like a maniac just firing arrows of death. Solomon said this. Is one who deceives their neighbors and says, I was only what? I'm only kidding. JK, JK, hashtag JK. Verse 20, without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel does what? Dies down. As charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. You see, here's what can happen. We think that we have the right to always be right and to voice our opinions. And it manifests itself over and over again in political posts. Now, let me just speak to political posts some here. And what we would call, I'm just defending the faith, Pastor Jim. I've been put in charge of all social media. I'm the one who has the final word on this. My Bible says this in regards to political posts and my president and your president of the United States. My Bible says this, that we're supposed to pray for him, not call him an idiot. My Bible says that you're supposed to lift up and pray for your leaders. My Bible says you should pray for them. Not tell the world everything you don't like about them. Remember when I began with, I ask you to do this as a principle. Pray and think about it before you post. When's the last time you prayed for your president instead of bashing your president? Do you think, seriously, do you think that there is a difference between tearing someone down and praying for someone? Do you think there's a greater benefit if you and I took as much time as we do quoting and digging and searching and blogging and finding all these things are wrong with someone if we spent that same amount of time praying for them? Imagine if you flipped the charts instead of going on a rant, beginning to take as much time praying. Imagine what could happen to our world if you and I, who call ourselves Christians, began praying for our leaders instead of bashing our leaders. You see, that's what we've been called to do. Oh, but Pastor Jim, someone's got to stand up. Oh, but Pastor Jim, God has called us to pray for them. So it manifests itself in all kinds. You see, the world is watching. And when we begin to bash people, now let's just pull away and say Christians. When you begin to bash another brother or sister, your wife, your ex, whomever that is, when you spend all of that time bashing about something they've done wrong, do you even think that an unsaved world who watches us closely says, boy, I want to be part of that group who's disunified, who throws stone at people when they're down, who, who reveals all their sin and calls them out to the whole world. Boy, let me join that group. I love that group. 
the world will know we're Christians by our love for one another. Let me ask you, is that what your social media posts show? That you love one another? Withhold the right to be right. Or some feel the need to tell you what, how this offends them. And so they bypass Matthew chapter 18. Instead of going to the person first, they take it to the world first. My Bible says, and your Bible says in Matthew 18, go to the person. Once you go to the person, take someone else with you to go to the person. It doesn't say broadcast it to the world. My husband did this to me. This business did this to me. This, this client did this to me. This person did this to me. My kids did this to me. No, the biblical response is you go to them and face to face with them. How does that play out? Maybe it's private message to them. Please don't go to Facebook. Please don't use Twitter. Please don't write a blog. You don't have to be right. You don't need to share your opinion. And by the way, if someone says something about you, you put something up there. And your intent was for this. And they respond in the comment section. And they just blast you. They don't like you. And it's their chance. They're troll. They're coming after you. Here's my chance to get Pastor Jim. <laughs> you could see him. One of my practices, I don't respond to it. I don't have the desire or the need to be right. And by the way, another practice that I have, because I have some friends that, and people who follow me that they don't like me. I'm used to that. And so I'll post something and they'll say something. They jump in my comment section and they'll say something. And I don't give them the time of day, nor do I give them any ammo in response to it. And you know what else I love to do? In public, if someone comes to me, I do listen. I care what people say. And there's value in every form of criticism. And I ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what can I learn from that? But if someone comes to me and says something about me they don't like or something I did, I'll just say, thanks. They don't know what to do with that. I mean, what do you do with someone who has something against you and they post something and they say something, they come after you. I can't believe that you, and, and they, they come after you. I mean, they've thought what they're going to say. My often response is, thank you. What do you, how do they respond? They have nothing. I mean, I've, I've basically taken their punch and didn't punch back and said, thank you. How do you respond back? You know, if I, you know what they, I've heard them say? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, thanks. There's no response back. You don't need to be right. Let me, let me tell you something else. You and I can choose not to be offended. Did you hear me? You waste so much. We'll waste so much energy because we're offended by something someone has said about us. Next, number five. Be careful what you like. Be careful what you... Put love to. Be careful what emoji you, you click on. By the way, a little sidebar here. You know how information and technology is supposed to be advancing and our communication is supposed to be advancing and now we live in a high-tech world? I often think about that when I see all these different emojis. Like, there, there's an emoji for everything. Like You don't even have to talk anymore. You just go emoji, 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 emoji. Like, didn't the Egyptians do that on stone walls? Seriously, think about it. Like, we think well, we're an advanced society, aren't we? We're going back to drawing pictures. We don't even finish sentences anymore. We've got to get it in 140 characters. We don't put, we don't put any punctuation marks. But this is an advanced society, isn't it? Be careful what you think. Why? Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 23. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. When I was a kid, we used to sing this chorus, and probably some of you sang it too, and it went something like this. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down below. Oh, be careful, little thumbs, what you post. You remember that part? That's the NIV version. I should say the message version. 
Be careful what you like. And here's why I say this. When you like something that someone has posted, hear me out. You know what part of it that you like. I like this part of it. Like what they said there was really good. But the moment you hit like, hear me out. This is wisdom speaking. The moment you hit like, you're saying, I, in, in the bank and in the army and in the group of all the other people that like, and people that like often comment on that post. And so what you said is this, indirectly, you might not say this is true for you, but you said not only that, but I agree with every comment that liked it too. So listen, you don't have to like post. You don't have to share. You don't have to retweet. And the moment you like, you've lumped yourself in with all the other likes. You know what happens? You've divided yourself on an issue that probably you shouldn't be divided on. You've taken one little part and said, I like this part. And because you don't have the form to communicate face to face, you are saying they believe this and I believe that. And the reality is you probably agree a lot more on the issue than what you thought you did with that person. Be very careful what you like. I find it humorous because when you like pages on Facebook, in your timeline and my timeline, your friends pages that they like often come scrolling down through your timeline. And so you'll see it. Hey, I like this business. And they'll say, you know, Bill Green likes this. And you'll see it. I'm always, always get a chuckle when I see it. Because here's what marketers do. Now hear me out. You might say you like this, but they have permission now that they got your name in the bank to put whatever little picture they want with that advertisement. And so when that advertisement comes through, it might be in a shady way. It might be in a way that when you liked it, you didn't like that photo. But now that you're in their memory banks, you like that. I always get a kick when I see people who like Budweiser. And it runs through my timeline. And they'll throw this picture up of people just having a party and a video that goes with it. Hey, you want to live the real life? Hey, you want to have fun and meet a guy? And there is Bob Green's name. And I think, hmm, be careful what you like. Be careful what your thumbs do. When you say I like, you take a side on that issue. Let me also say this. Be careful what you like. Be careful what I would call with guilt sharing. And it goes something like this. If you really love Jesus, then you'll copy and paste this and put it on your page. <laughs> I want to be Bob Newhart on him. Say, stop it. Some of you don't understand, but a lot of you know what I'm talking about. A video by Bob Newhart. Just stop it. Or if you really call yourself a Christ follower, then you'll change your profile picture to a puppy dog today. What? What's a puppy dog got to do with loving Jesus? Or if you really love Jesus, then and you have someone in your family that 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 deals with this, then you need to repost that to show. Like, who says who? Who made the rules? Give grace also to those who like something that you don't like. Because they could be in the very place that you're in. You didn't like all of it, but you like part of it. Plus, remember, the pages that you like, they change the photos of the advertisements, and they haven't had little videos to it. But the last time you liked it, it wasn't like that. You see, I pray about everything I like. You know, there are a lot of businesses that are great businesses. But just because I like the person doesn't mean I have to not or like their page. You have a choice to make. Next. Don't miss living your own life because you're watching someone else's life. This is your life. This is my life. Our days are numbered. Live your life the way God intended you to live your life. And live it in an abundant way. If you're unhappy about your life, get off of social media and work on your life, work on your marriage, work on your business, work on your career. Don't live vicariously through someone else's life. Live and love the life that God has given you. Let me also say this to parents. Don't miss your child's life because you're being tied to your phone. Like how often do you see Children, here, here, you'll give them a phone and you'll say, here, 
Here, go watch this video. Go play this game so that I can be on Instagram. Here, go take this and take pictures and, and, and Snapchat all day. Yeah, they're, you're busy and they're busy and you're in the same house and you don't even communicate with your own children. You take them out and play and, and, and they're out playing with kids and the whole time you're on your phone. Get into their world, dads. Get into their lives. Spend time with them. Don't miss your child's life because you're being tied to a phone. Don't miss out on God's creation and the people he longs for you to love because you need to watch a video game or play another video game. Don't use social media to escape reality and deny your own personal growth. Life did exist without smartphones, believe it or not. It did. Like I said, there's, there's a lot of good to smartphones. And I praise God for the ability to connect. But I encourage you, like those of you who like to exercise, I like to exercise. I really encourage you to unplug and go run without another device in your ear and your hand. Get rid of your Fitbit for a run and, 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 and take off your watches and just run. Don't be tied to music. Listen to God's creation. It's beautiful. The birds chirp and, and flowers are growing and God is speaking and, and, and birds are striking on the water and animals are, are communicating with each other. And when you run, it's all in front of you and clouds are moving and the sunsets are gorgeous and, and stars are incredible. And when you stop and not distracted all the time by technology, you might be surprised at how incredible our God is in his creation. Life can exist by just tuning into God. Number seven, once you post, it is permanent and open to the world. Remember, pray before you post, or like, or retweet, or put a photo up. Hear me out. Listen up. You're looking for a job? Here's what employers do they go to all your social media sites. Now listen, you might say, well, I'm different than I was a year ago. Listen to me. They can still go back to a year ago and they have a judgment decisions to make on something that you said and something that you posted a year ago. You might say, well, God understands where I'm at. Absolutely, yes. But wisdom says this, that a year from now, you might be a different person than you are right now. And so if you're praying about everything that you post, every rant that you go on, every need to be right. It is open to the world. Let me tell you something. Even as I hire and we hire here at Grace, I go to social media pages and take a look at someone's life. What is it that they like? What is it that they have agendas with? What is it that they post? What are the pictures? What are they saying to the world? Because here's what I know. It says something about that person. So if you're looking to be hired, let me tell you, employers are looking at your social media site. So what do they see? Well, he likes guns. There's got to be more to your life than just guns. Or she likes cats. She's not getting hired. There's got to be something more than cats. Funny, being funny. There's got to be more. I mean, God put us here for people to live and love and represent Jesus. Do they see from your sight that you love people? Because every job that you'll ever have, at the end of every decision that needs to be made, everything that needs to be built, every work site, there are people. And if you don't get along with people, then how in the world can you ever fit in? So how do you treat and love? Let me just ask a question. If an employer at your dream job went and looked at your social media posts from the last four weeks, would they hire you? Wisdom. Think, pray before you post. And it's permanent to the world. Paul said to the young Timothy, he says, those who talk nonsense and say things they ought not to. Jesus said something even stronger. Look at Matthew chapter 12. Turn to Matthew chapter 12. Look what Jesus had to say about our words and the things that we post. You might say, well, well, I can take it down. I can delete it, but people can screenshot it. 
I know people who have been fired from their jobs because of things they've posted on social media. Matthew chapter 12, look what Je- these are Jesus' words, 36 to 38. Look what he said. But I tell you that how many people, what's the word? Come on, come on, help me out. Chapter 12, verse 36, Matthew. But I tell you that what? What's the word? Everyone. What part of everyone's not everyone? Everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every, what kind of word? Empty word they have what? Spoken. Spoken words are social media too. Then it says this, for by your words you will be acquitted and by your words you will be what? Condemned. Everything you say and I say, everything we post and retweet, everything that we share, every rant, hashtag rant. Don't you love those? Hashtag, I just had to rant. Hashtag rant. Stop it. Do you think the Holy Spirit told you to do that? Oh, yeah, I need to tell them. Blah, 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 blah. Do you think the Holy Spirit goes, blah, 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 blah? Ask yourself these questions before you post. Is it edifying to God? Will I be okay knowing that my wife and my kids will read it too? Am I okay if it appears on the front page of the Goshen newspaper tomorrow morning? Just ask yourself. Will this help me to get my dream job? And so tomorrow morning, your rant, your photo, your blog, your requote, your right to be right, front page goes new. Listen to me. That is what it is. It's front page to your next employer. The way you talk about your former employer, hear me out. As you transition from jobs, hear me out. Hear me out. Listen to me. Those in transition, we're all often in transition. The way you talk about your former employer is open to your next employer. Hear me out. It is your chance to take the high road and say, my God is in control. And I'm grateful for the years that I've had here. Thank you, Jesus. I will tell you, I will hire that person in a minute because they have a good attitude. They understand that God is in control. Next, find a time to pull away from social media. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12 says this, I will not be mastered by anything. Here are just a couple ways smartphones are renewing and rewiring our brains. Listen to this. Do you know that there's a syndrome called FOMO, F-O-M-O, from spending time on laptops, iPads, computers, and smartphones? The fear of missing out syndrome. It's this anxiety and inadequacy and irritation that can flare up while skimming social media. It seems legit. And here's what happens. I just want to keep up. Did you know that so-and-so had a kid yesterday? Did you know that you need to say, like, did you know it was their anniversary? Did you know it was their birthday? Did, didn't you know? It was up, I read it. Didn't you read it? It was on Facebook. And all of a sudden, <laughs> and you're skimming. <laughs> did you realize another way that smartphones are rewiring our brains? We can't sleep because of them. Did you know this? That the glowing lights emitted by laptop, tablet, and smartphone screens mess with your body's internal light cues and sleep-inducing hormones? Did you know that exposure to bright lights can fool the brain into thinking it's still daytime and could potentially have lasting effects on the body's circadian rhythms, your internal sleep clock? Did you know that our eyes are especially sensitive to the blue light emitted by screens? This makes it harder to fall asleep, especially for those who already struggle with insomnia. Did you know this is happening to children today? That our memory isn't great and neither is our attention span? Did you know that a neuroscientist polled 3,000 people and found that the younger respondents were less likely to remember standard personal information, such as a relative's birthday or even their own phone number? 
And similarly, studies have shown that calculators may decrease simple mathematical skills. Some people are unable to navigate their own, through their own cities without the help of GPS. How many of you could even, like if you're driving, if, if Siri just said, I'm done for the day, could find where you were at? <laughs> Did you know that social media and the internet have also been shown to To shorten our attention spans, individuals immersed in digital media find it difficult to read books for long periods of time and often skim articles online rather than reading every word. And this phenomenon can be particularly troubling for youth whose brains are more malleable and therefore may fail to develop concentration skills. So what does that say? Use wisdom, parents. Get them outside and build a fort with them. Go sled riding with them. Get them out and enjoy creation. Don't hand your two and three-year-old a phone and say, play a game. Actually, play a game with them. Play king of the hill. Run with them. Climb with them. Spend time with them. Did you know that the mere presence of a phone on a dinner table will diminish connection with people? Listen, this is good for me too. Like, I don't have all this down. Did you know that when you sit down at supper time, your phone should not be in your pocket? Your phone should not be on your table? Did you know it actually diminishes the way someone feels about you because they feel like they're in competition to your phone? Why not just take your phone and set it somewhere else and actually talk and have an interpersonal relationship with someone at your table? A phone... How often have you been talking to someone and they have their phone in their hand and they're reading their phone? I'm watching right now. I'm watching people on their phones right now. How many of you are even distracted by that because you want to talk and people are looking at their phones? Do you realize how, what that speaks to someone that you're talking to? It speaks that I'm not interested. I don't care. And it might not be the truth. Phones have disconnected people. We think they have connected people, but they've disconnected people. How can we ever hear God if we are constantly attached to a device? Let me just say this again. I believe in your quiet time. You should have quiet time with a hard copy Bible. Why? Because it's too easy. Unless you are so disciplined that you're not distracted. And the first thing when you get up in the morning, you should read your Bible and not your timeline. Fill your mind with things of God before you read your timeline. You see, even when it comes to having a time to fast from your phone, put it in a basket and turn it off. Find a place that you can actually talk to your wife or your husband or your kids without the need for a phone. You know, for you, it might even mean going back to a hard copy Bible on a Sunday morning at Grace Community Church. If this has become a distraction to you, people email you during the service, text you during the service. If it becomes a distraction because you want to tweet something while it's going on, if it's a distraction from God, listen, go back to your Bible, your hard copy. Do whatever it takes to reconnect to God. Can I get one amen out of that? Maybe we just revert back and we think that advancement is only a phone. Not necessarily true. Listen, I'm not throwing it all out. And if you have a phone, perfectly fine with that. There's times I use my version Bible too. But if it becomes a distraction, listen, and a disconnection distracts you from God. Some don't even know it. It's part of your life. You watch people, they're, they're on their phones all the time. Why does the enemy come to distract, to divide, to conquer? And the very thing that can be used for good could be the very thing that separates us from God. Another one, assume the best of people when you see them write something. Don't make wrong assumptions. Assumptions are the lowest form of truth. Just because someone else feels the need to gossip or write something doesn't mean it's true. Proverbs 18 and verse 17 says this, in a lawsuit, the first to speak seems right until someone comes forward and cross-examines them. 
If you have not personally spoken to the person that you're posting about, hear me out. If you don't know that person, what right do you have to tear them down? What right do you have? You might say, well, I'm standing for my faith. The Bible says if you have an issue with someone, go to that person personally. Not take it to the world. Assume the best for people. Quit posting police arrest. I keep saying this and you keep doing it. Why? The person's not guilty until proven. My Bible tells me don't do it. And the world and the law that I live in says that they are innocent until proven guilty. Don't hashtag, can you believe it? Lastly, I would say this, use it for good. Proverbs 18.2 says, fools delight in airing their own opinions. The world is watching. My goal is this when it comes to social media, to encourage, to mentor, to model Jesus, and to listen to the voice of Christ before I post. You see, hear me out. We live in a world, we have the chance because the world is watching. There are more cell phones than there are people in our world. The world is watching. You and I have the chance to tell the world that Jesus loves them by the way we interact with people and by the way we don't bash our own brothers and sisters and throw them under the bus, but we love one another. Some personal things in wrapping up. Hear me out. You do what you want because there's things you don't like me for already, and I'm okay with that. I'm not offended by that. Please don't post naked pictures of your babies. I mean that with all my heart. There are pedophiles out there. There's no reason to put a picture of your baby's cute butt. Keep it in your house. Yeah, baby's butts are cute, okay? But you don't need to post it. That is a permanent post of that child. One day that child will grow up. And one day, you'll have to tell them, guess what? I put nude photos of you on the internet. It's a nude photo. Can I also say this? You can do what you want because you're adults. Save your bikini photos for the bedroom. For your husband. God has created us to passionately love people. Save it for your bedroom. For your children. You must know their passwords. Listen to me. You own the phone. You're the mom, you're the dad. You should know every password on their phone. They should be able to have to hand that off to you because you own it. You pay the bills. It's not theirs, it's yours. Set a time where they hand over the phone to you at night. Listen to me, there should be a moment where they don't sleep with their phone, that they're not texting and tweeting and chatting all night long. Nothing good happens after midnight, hear me? Nothing. How do I know? Because I was a teen once, and nothing in my life happened good after midnight. Follow their accounts. What do I mean by that? See who they're following. See who's following them. You're the adult. You can say, you know what? It's probably not wise if you follow this person. Let me ask you, when's the last time you prayed over their device? When's the last time you took their phone and said, dear Jesus, a lot comes in through here and a lot goes out through here. I pray that every time my child touches this device, that God, you would send your strongest angels to guard and protect the way and that the enemy would never, ever be able to take advantage of them. When's the last time as a parent you prayed over the device of your child? Ask them to remove apps from their phones that aren't appropriate. You say, well, Pastor Jim, I don't know what's appropriate. Then Google, be the parent and say, hey, what's that app? Google it. And guess what Google does? It tells you what it is. And you say, would you please remove this as long as you're under my house? Encourage them to use it 
for good. Now let me begin, go back to where I began. The phone itself isn't intrinsically bad, nor is social media. But when it's used for good, it can take the message of Jesus to the nations. Lord, help us today. I pray, God, that you'll give us great wisdom. I pray, Spirit, that you would check our hearts and show us what we need to do. And God, I pray that we would take back this form that the enemy wants to use for his good, and we would use it for your good. Help us to be the parents you made us to be. And God, give us self-control. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you next week.